Hey. 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 What's the matter, you? and welcome to the Devils in the Podcast. This is episode number eight. We are a production of the Devils in the Detail Steam Curator and Discord server, and we have been released for your auditory pleasure. And if you feel like being awesome and supporting us, our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash D-I-T-D. All right, we've got a big old podcast again this week and a lot of fun people. I am your host, as always, and you're probably bored of me by now. I'm Gadget Guy. With me today is Manos. How are you doing today, Manos? As always, when we're doing the podcast, I'm doing very well. Thank you for lying to me. You're welcome. <laughs> Tenebrio, who is a new special guest on this particular podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, I, I'm doing good, thank you. Excellent. Another lie. Perfect. TFX, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, thank you. All right, we're all proving to be liars. All right, awful. Fair enough. <laughs> I am good, just a little tired today. All right, a little more truthful, thank you. And AI, how are you, man? Sleepy, very sleepy. Ah, the perfect honesty, I like it. So the first thing we do after I introduce everyone in a very strange way is ask, how's it going? So Manos, how is life going for you? Um, it's going fine. I'm about to move soon. Um, I don't know when the current tenants are moving out, so I can't tell a specific date yet, but at least I got the place secured. I signed the, the contract and yeah, that's going to be great. That does sound awesome. Tenebrio, how's life going for you? Uh, pretty busy. I'm studying at university, so it's quite busy at the moment. Good busy or bad busy? Um, bad, I would say. Okay. As a former college person, I would have to agree with you. It's generally a bad busy. Yeah. TFX, what's been going on in your life? Uh, not much, really. Besides work, I played a few games this week. I played Spyro 2, finished it. Speedrun it, if you will. <laughs> And also still playing Silent Hill Homecoming and playing on reviewing it for the group. Excellent. At least we don't have, you know, all great games from you this week. Just Silent Hill for the moment. Exactly. All right, Waffle, how's it going? Good. I also have started college uh, last Monday as well, so I've been pretty busy with that all week. Understandable. And AI, what have you been up to? Work. It's a pain. Um, yes, very true. And very, very busy. Um, and then I played some Killing Floor 2 with the new beta uh, for the seasonal that's out. So that was cool. And then finally got around to getting back to playing and finishing Ori in the Blind Forest. So mm -hmm. glad that's done. Nice. Very nice. Do you at least have normal weeks again or do you have to work like eight days, nine days a week? Back to normal hours. Um, goodness. Yeah. Thankfully, it's not as bad as it was before, but still, it's busy, and then it's 
super hot out, which isn't fun. And can you tell us that in Kelvin metric and Imperial systems, please? How hot it has been? <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd have to look up Kelvin. Um, I actually he's a don't great, know. He's him. a great guy. I, I don't know why he came up with that system, but, you know, I don't see him every Tuesday. So. Um, Chemistry related. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm in. We'll get back to you on that. So, yeah. Manos, we heard a little bit from TFX and uh, AI, what they've been playing. What have you been playing? Well, I finally finished playing Green Hell Story Mode for the review. Um, I unlocked both endings. I was pleasantly surprised by how they executed it. The plot twist was a bit um, predictable, a little bit. It was still, like I said, very well executed, so I'm satisfied by what I got. I still need to play co-op, and after that I'm basically finished with the review. I wrote it all down, but uh, gonna add some notes for co-op portion. And then I'm probably gonna wait for the next discount of the game, so I get a bit more attention for my review. I also finally managed to play a bit more Sekiro. I'm not that far in yet, but it's a great game. I love it. It's very fun. It's uh, very challenging, but not as punishing as I expected after listening to uh, how Jim Sterling disliked the game, for example. But yeah, great experience so far. Can't wait to play more. Um, I might write a review for it as well. Ooh, exciting. And also I played a very short game. Um, because for a very short period uh, on itch.io, there was the remake of the playable teaser for Silent Hills. Ooh. Thanks to TFX for pointing that out in time. My pleasure. And um, it's a bit shorter than the original experience on the PS4 because it's not quite finished yet, but um, it's very close in terms of atmosphere and how terrifying it is. So great experience that too. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, it's a remake, but not... Not a finish one, but still resembles a lot of the original PT. Yeah, some some things, some aspects of it are a little bit janky. Like for for example, when you walk through the door, it cuts to a perfect shot of the door, no matter where you're facing. Um, looks a little bit janky, but um, overall, it's a very great experience. Excellent, Tenebrio, what have you been playing? Well, I just finished Journey, and it was really nice. Ooh, nice. tell us. What's there to tell? It's 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 just good, like really good. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> it is good. Well, you heard it now, here, folks. Tenebrio, ten out of ten. Journey. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. And Waffle, what have you been a playing? I have uh, been playing a lot of Lethal League Blaze recently. An excellent one. I have been taking a break from Rocket League as I have been putting a lot of hours into that game and I've probably put at least 150 in the last two weeks into it, so. Oh wow. Yeah. It's a lot of time in Rocket League, wow. Yeah, I don't have the patience for that. I played a little <laughs> bit of Rocket League and thought, yeah, it's a competent game, not my cup of tea, thanks. Yeah. I heard it's going to be free next, after two weeks. It will, yeah. But you have to get it on the Epic Game Store, so you. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> So much, uh, so much love for the Epic Games Store on this particular podcast, as you can probably tell. Unenthusiastic cheer. <laughs> yes, very enthusiastic. So we got a good roundup of topics this week. First topic I want to talk about is Crusader Kings 3 came out to absolutely raving reviews. 
It's a game, it's a grand strategy, which means you're basically playing on a map, but I guess it's the same great game with some new tasty cake layers on top to make it fresh. Though the main issue is their DLC policy, so you can probably you will probably see like $100 worth of DLC come out for it this year. Ouch. Well, good thing I'm not too much into the Crusader Kings series, so... Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, um, I'm pretty into it, so I was thinking about it, but then I remember the DLC po policy because this is a Paradox game, and I was like, nah, maybe later. Yeah, understandable. See how the, the DLC sort of shapes up, because sometimes you get really good DLC from Paradox, like uh, Surviving Mars uh, Green green something that was a great expansion really added a lot more to the game and then you get uh the crusader kings 2 dlc where it's like yay now you can put a different hat on your ruler for five dollars so i think it was green planet green planet yes that's probably it yeah so it's it was cool uh sometimes they do a good dlc sometimes they do terrible dlc so we'll have to we'll have to see though i'm very happy that it got a good score from critics generally and uh yeah i can't wait to pick it up when it's five dollars uh, well i guess just to say five dollars for the base game one thousand dollars for the entire game and all of its dlc sounds almost like uh sims 4. yeah pretty much very very similar dlc policy that's ugly which we actually talked about last week exactly unfortunately yeah their dlc po it's ea i mean come on we'll, we'll, i mean geez and speaking of EA, they are under a lot of controversy at the moment because they have patched in ads in their UFC 4 game a month in. Oh yeah, I, I saw have, that. Yeah, I've seen the video and what they did was during the replay, I guess, of uh, a fight, it plays an ad that covers the screen. Uh, the particular ad I saw was for that new Amazon series, The Boys. Well, season two is out now. The the show isn't yeah. that new, but um, yeah, it's it's not even the replay like after the match. It's in between the rounds, in the instant replays, and it's very intrusive from what I've seen. So wow, it covers up the entire screen. Of course, it's intrusive. <laughs> it, look, it looks awful. Yeah, but then when the match continued, uh, there was a little pop-up for the show again in, in the bottom. Of course it is. If, as if EA couldn't get any worse. No, there is not like EA. <laughs> plus, yeah, plus the huge The Boys banner on the on the center of the octagon, basically. Yeah, as if EA couldn't get any worse, they somehow figured out a way to get worse. I don't know how they do it. Like wh Their marketing team is a genius of stupidity it reminds me of that rolento character from ready player one who wanted to market the entire visual space of the world uh they inhabited the, the virtual space yeah and everyone probably hated him for it i'm sure yeah of course he was the villain yes i've only seen the movie i, I haven't seen the uh it's in the movie i haven't read the read, book. read the book Really? I don't remember the movie. It was kind of a forgettable movie for me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it was a pop conflict with a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, honestly. It wasn't impressive, but yeah, it was okay. I watched it on a plane flight, so... Yeah, same. <laughs> Not much better to do, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, speaking of awful games, uh, Madden NFL 21 
got the lowest Metacritic score of all time. Not of all Madden games or of all games ever rated on Metacritic? All games ever rated on Metacritic. Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty crazy and worth noting because that is pretty terrible. I guess it's likely due to EA's constant recycling. If I remember correctly, I saw an image where you know the banners on the side of the stadium yeah that have those fake ads well the banner said madden 19 on it <laughs> so they recycled <laughs> the banner texture from the previous year well maybe they made advertisement for the budget game i mean if you can't I if just, you can't afford uh, this game and you're just watching streams of it maybe buy the last one i guess i just uh man yeah just yeah yeah, just doing their thing again, as we keep talking about. Yeah, just loves their terrible decision making. Yeah, at the end, it doesn't matter. They're still gonna do it. Yeah, and then they make money if, yeah. for it. I, I just wish there was a good competitor. You know, that's kind of the reason they get away with it is because there's no real, I guess, competitor. Though I guess that is probably due to the fact that a lot of these team names are copyrighted and only EA has the license to them. So I guess that's why we haven't seen a competitor, unfortunately. And we don't have an actually good sports game except for the arcade ones. I think there was like a Twitter hashtag going around. Where I think they want NFL to investigate or something. I'm not sure. Or you remove the license from EA. Oh, yeah. I mean, understandable. EA is... Man, I just don't know what's up with EA. Like, sometimes they'll make absolute magic, like Jedi Fallen Order you know one of their little companies and then they just do this stuff like they're they're just so uh they're, they're just so so uh e ea man they're just so inconsistent it's really annoying time for positive news yes time for positive news uh fall guys raised a million dollars with their skin charity event where basically whoever uh gave the most money to charity would get a skin of them in the game and the winners were mr beast and ninja if i remember correctly of course <laughs> uh, yeah. at, a, at a million dollars so they're going to become fall guys skins uh i don't know why i mean it's cool that they did that uh, mr beast seems like an okay dude uh and so does ninja i guess it also helps their brand and it's probably a tax write-off so <laughs> I mean it's 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 just great that the devs of Fall Guys did this in the first place because uh it's the best possible way to put those skins in the game. We talked about it when we talked about the Avengers game with their yeah. Horizon and uh, T-Mobile skins I I think it was. And that's just a cheap cash grab and you basically get skins that you don't even want. And in this case, um, you're making the companies that want to advertise themselves invest the money and you're giving it all to charity, which is, I don't know, I, can, I can't see anything wrong with that. It's amazing. Yeah. Honestly, what really impresses me the most is how, like, Fall Guys, a lot of these multiplayer indie games that gain a ton of popularity will inevitably do something really really stupid and, and lose their entire player base but somehow fall guys has made people just love them even more like just constantly with uh you know free content updates and then this charity thing and just 
I don't know, they seem like great people who really know how to actually sustain a good multiplayer game for once. Yeah, the only thing I hate but kind of understand is that you can't have a custom name. It's just generic numbers for everyone. But I guess that's to make sure that the game remains kids-friendly, basically, because you yeah. could abuse the name system and name yourself something inappropriate. Yeah, that really does seem to be sort of their focus, is being sort of like a family-friendly for everyone sort of game. And I can kind of see why they would not want to be associated with some of the terrible things that I'm sure people could name themselves Yeah, in, on various platforms. Still a pity. I, I think on... Well, the game isn't even on Switch, is it? I think it is. I Because I think that I read that the uh, ability to give yourself names has only been removed for Steam and PlayStation 4, so don't know what's up with that. Maybe Nintendo has stricter policies on naming in general, so they don't need to monitor that? I, I don't know. Yeah, on Nintendo, um, yeah, first of all, they do have a pretty strict naming thing, but also... Um, you have to make like a profile for your switch and you it uh saves all of your game saves into that particular profile so if you wanted to switch names you would have to technically make a different profile and lose all your progress everywhere yeah i mean but the same thing could be done for the playstation 4 and, and steam version just tie it to your to your steam username i.e your playstation network username and not give anyone the option to change their names but they decided to take the custom names out completely and just have like i said generic numbers yeah it is unfortunate but i think just because they're a smaller dev team it was just easier for them honestly just so i was just checking uh the internet so the internet does say xbox and nintendo switch don't have fall guys yet oh, oh they I don't see. well excuse me so it's just PS4 and PC for now. I think they, I must have been they announced it for Switch or something. I knew I saw something about Switch and Fall yeah, Guys. Yeah, because there's an article from five days ago where, where I guess, yeah, they got to talk to the lead designer. And basically they said that right now they're focused on making sure that the PlayStation and PC version are stable before before they even bring it over to Xbox or to Switch. Yeah, so it is, I just, yeah, it's just So yeah, it's just... PS4 and PC. Yeah, I just can't believe how well they have done at sustaining that hype. It's just, it's, there's always new hype right now, so I'm glad for them. And, uh, and, you know, that's really awesome. Now, a game that has been in the news lately got surprising scores and actually had another controversy very recently. Uh, would be the Marvel's Avengers game. It has a, an 82 score average. It's actually mostly positive on Steam. And I don't know, it's just, I'm really surprised. The, the controversy I mentioned before um, was that uh, the Swedish publication under uh, Game Reactor, which has multiple European regional offices, uh, would not be posting a review of it quite yet marvel's avengers because games reactor made a deal with coke media slash square enix that they would give eights across the entire uh you know umbrella oh wow so they're not yeah it's uh apparently uh sony's got them big boy bucks to spend <laughs> on making sure that marvel avengers is a pretty good game so I have heard decent things about it, that the campaign is okay, 
it's fun but then once you finish the campaign everything else is worthless so yeah i i heard similar things like um the campaign is very well handled and very well done but it's basically not really an avengers game in the same way that um the movie captain america civil war is basically an avengers movie but is under the captain america mantle this game apparently the story mode is basically a kamala khan game with side characters what which is isn't kamala khan yeah she's the miss marvel character oh the one. Oh, okay yeah okay. i forgot about i forgot that that was her name but I yeah heard, that's kind of kind of that she's decent though that's good i'm kind of sad that spider-man gate was kind of ignored but yeah, I want Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, dude, I want Spider-Man. I want yeah, Spider. I want Spider-Man too. too. And I, I have to say that, um, looking at how the story apparently is laid out, I don't think there's any room for Spider-Man in that story anyway. So he's probably just a multiplayer character that you can use without any consequences to the story or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. He doesn't affect the story if you if you get the avengers game to play a single player game and you get it on the ps4 because you want spider-man you're probably going to be disappointed because you're not going to see him in the story anywhere true but it's still spider-man and i love spider-man he's a dlc character <laughs> yeah basically yeah pretty much except it's like that weird exclusive dlc that everyone hates and rightfully so it's it's basically like tfx mentioned uh i think two weeks ago or something like that uh in mortal kombat 9 when kratos was a guest character in that game he didn't appear in the story of course he was irrelevant to the entire plot of the game but in 1v1 matches you could use him so that is pretty cool no i can't play on pc <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunate interestingly enough uh yeah i don't know for some reason this is the first time that I've really thought about it in depth because, yeah, the whole Soul Calibur thing, you know, I, I never really thought about it before because Soul Calibur has had exclusive characters for a while. Yeah, they were probably the ones who did it first, but I'm not sure about that. I'd have to do some research on that. But yeah, in, in Soul Calibur 2, it was the first time that it really came to my attention. Yeah. Like where you had on the on the GameCube version, you had Link. On the PlayStation 2 version, you had Heihachi. And on the Xbox version, you had Spawn, which was incredible. I was so glad I had the Xbox version. Nah, Link was the best, man. Nah. His arrows were so very, much fun. very strong. Yeah, his bombs were so annoying. Yeah. They were infinite and they just you could they would get knock you down every time and it was just terrible to play against yeah sounds amazing yeah it made him so much fun to you know annoy your friends with just throw infinite bombs and then he had a bow of course so just stand back and just throw the bow a million times and just win i mean not throw the bow shoot an arrow i don't know why you would throw your bow that doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> but um yeah you you get the idea Oh my. And if EA has not been controversial enough, EA on Steam is widely hated because only EA games are on the Steam EA Play subscription. Whereas if you get it through Origin, it's like got a lot of indies, but it's still the exact same price. So like on, uh, it's got Unravel, it's got, I think like Slay the, Slay the Spire or something. If you buy it on Origin, but on Steam, it's just got like Battlefront or Battlefield and stuff. Unravel 1 and 2 are on Steam as well. Yeah, they're part of the EA Play too. 
Are they? I saw... Um... I mean, I would know. I have them in my library now, so... Oh, okay. I... So, it was actually just a fake controversy? No, there are definitely way less games on Steam than on oh. Origin, but... 80% to be exact. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they should definitely either include those games or, um, you know... Adjust the price. Yeah, adjust the price, because it just doesn't... I mean, I know it's EA, and EA is EA. We've already established that, but, uh, you know, if they really want some goodwill, they should at least do something right once. I mean, I'll give them one good thing. I don't know how long this is going to last, but uh, when I did decide to pick it up, I was offered to pick up one year for half the price. So I, I paid the price for six that months, basically. That is surprising. That is surprising and awesome. And to be fair, it's $5 is... It's a good price. It's better than Ubisoft's uh, subscription. Yeah, their their thing is weird. Fifteen, yeah. It's it's definitely worse than the Game Pass, but it is on Steam and it's not expensive for the amount of game you get. I don't know why Microsoft hasn't brought the Game Pass to Steam. Yeah, same. Like all those all those games are on Steam already. It just doesn't make any sense to me personally. Must be money. I guess so, but you would think they would make more money on Steam. Yeah, so. probably, but I I can only imagine that. Valve laid out some terms that Microsoft wasn't okay with because Microsoft True. wants all the money and plus that 30% cut yo yeah or they want to they want people to use the Xbox app yeah cuz they have windows and uh, I hate windows store yeah me too the only thing I, the only thing i ever used from there is um grounded oh yeah i actually disabled it one time except it then broke windows for me so yeah that's cool yeah very very cool um, in an interesting take, Dragon Ball Fighters Z was banning people for rage quitting. And it was permabans, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was a permaban. Wow. So that was a bit surprising because, yeah, that means, like, with the DLC, it's like, I mean, obviously you're probably not going to buy it at full price, but at full price, the game's like $120, so... Technically, if you're rage quitting, you get permabanned and lost access to your $120 game. Yeah, that's insane. I assume that that wasn't laid out in the terms and conditions, so you could probably sue them, but still, what a move. Yeah, I mean... And imagine I... imagine you're playing a match and your connection cuts out, and then you get permabanned. Yeah, that was really that was really the main issue, was that people were like, Yo, I, I like to play this game, but every once in a while my internet gets messy. So, like, you're just gonna ban me because my internet gets messy? I so. mean, even if you do rage quit, I don't think that gives them any rights to permaban your account, which you paid for. Yeah, honestly, I think they should just just be like, yo, you lost MMR or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Their equivalent is, like, don't, don't, like, punish people by taking away the access to the game they played. I just think that's unreasonable. What do you think, Waffle? If you paid $120 for a game and you got permabanned from it, how would you feel? I would feel pretty upset. I'm actually surprised they did not go with like a report system instead of just straight up banning people. Because then for people that do consistently quit, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's harsh. It is harsh. I think they're going to end up having to step it back at some point. Yeah. So that it doesn't, you know, become a PR nightmare. Because, I mean, everyone's internet cuts out at some point, so that means they'd end up banning everyone, and then they don't have a game, so... Yeah, yeah. unless they have some way of knowing when someone's 
connection cutout versus when they rage quit. Yeah, yeah I don't know how to can tell. Yeah, how, tell. how would you know? Yeah, well, I'm sure if you programmed it, you could pro. Well, that's true. People would just pull the modem cord. Yeah, exactly. That's what I. That's what people are doing for honor. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you can. You would probably could tell because it would. You could detect the input that they selected the quit button, but yeah, people would then just instead just pull their Ethernet cable out. So I don't know if that's really a solution either. Sure. I mean, for honor, if you rage quit, you'll get like a ten minutes ban or something. I forgot. Where you can can't join any matches. Yeah. But if you remove your Ethernet, you can hop back in like right away. Yeah, because it's not detectable. So it is. I see. Uh, interesting. Interesting stuff. So Activision is suing Call of Duty cheat makers. I don't know how they're going to do in terms of their success because i mean sometimes cheaters have uh, been taken to court and have lost i think some tf2 cheaters were sued by valve and lost but sometimes these cheat makers are like they use the cd underbelly on the internet which makes them hard to track down these vpns <laughs> Today's, uh, you know, episode is sponsored. No, I'm joking, but, yeah. but, please, <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> but please sponsor us. Um, yeah, so, yeah. If you use, like, a Nord who doesn't keep any logs, technically, yeah, you'd be pretty safe from from them tracking you down. But I, it seems to be they have a hold of them and know who they are, so that is positive for them, I guess. I guess so. They like your gadgets. <laughs> What? <laughs> Enigmatic? <laughs> handsome? I'm joking. Uh, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in more positive news, uh, Iron Harvest, the spiritual successor to Company of Heroes set in the Scythe universe with cool giant steampunk mechs, uh, has been getting eights in terms of reviews. So it's actually a solid game. Which spiritual successors are not always. Well, I mean, it's 70% on its team. It has some technical issues. Yeah, but, I mean, technical issues can be ironed out. But underlying gameplay mechanic problem. Out. Yes. <laughs> um, Alright, guys, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, underlying bad mechanics are just not salvageable unless you go the Final Fantasy 14 route or you just nuke the entire game and remake it but right. you know THQ Nordic at this point has become, has gotten big but I don't know if they're that big so I'm glad it, for them that it was at least profitable and, and a decent has good mechanics so that they don't have to nuke the thing into oblivion yeah and I mean even with technical issues 70 something percent on steam isn't a bad score at all especially right after launch so yeah i mean just look at horizon zero dawn that thing went down to like 40 percent because it just exactly. crashed so badly i just and yeah i couldn't believe game. how badly yeah yeah it is yeah it is an honestly amazing game but man yeah it crashes so badly and so much and <laughs> Thankfully, you know, like I said, thankfully Iron Harvest is a, a good underlying game, but Rocket Arena, surprise, surprise, another EA title, was not a good underlying game, and thus, <gasps> they, yeah, I know, much surprise. Oh, uh, gasps. 
the the game was dis, uh, was permanently reduced in price from thirty dollars to five dollars. On and I think Steam. it was even added on EA Play. Like yeah, after probably. A week. It definitely is on EA Play on Steam. Yeah, it's because no, it's a you know, it's like a MOBA sh third person shooter or something like that with like Smash Bros ideas. Three versus three, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the way the game worked was like. If you shoot an enemy, they don't die. Instead, they gain percent, like in Smash Bros. And you basically play on a disc, and the more percent you have, the further you fly off the disc, and eventually you'll just die from falling. So it's third-person Smash. Yeah, pretty much, and it didn't do well, obviously. Interesting. So They need the picture from The Simpsons. At least you tried. <laughs> I, like... <laughs> I mean, man... Yeah, it was like two weeks and it was like $5, so I just can't believe how quickly it became basically worthless in EA's eyes. <laughs> it just That's basically like they threw out the baby with the bathwater and then like... They needed the another Epic Legends game. Yeah, but they didn't get it, so they just like were like, alright, we're done with that, and they just threw it out. Which is unfortunate for the developers, because I'm sure it was sort of upsetting, but... For EA, I'm sure it was just another technical test that they, you know, do anyway. So, yeah, not much to say on that. They are... They'll recover. Yeah, I mean, seriously, they'll recover. I'm sure it was like some indie studio they paid like $2 an hour, so... In more interesting news, Monster Hunter World Iceborne it has been getting another update. Uh, it's got Fatalis in it a large dragon uh i just have to say that they've been doing an awesome job at providing lots of new monsters and updates and stuff like i was i'm actually honestly surprised because a lot of the times these sort of more mmo-ish kind of games will have like those micro expansions you got to keep shelling money out for but i mean it's just the base game and the expansion they just keep updating it with new stuff had like a big old roadmap for it, so it's a good game for sure. It's a pretty long game. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and this way of doing things in terms of content updates is also a first in the Monster Hunter franchise, I think. Yeah, so I think it worked out for them, their experiment on PC for sure. And yeah, that too. Yeah. So I think they're pretty happy with it, and maybe we'll see more Monster Hunter games like this in the future. Although I did think I saw that they were making a more old-school sequel on the Switch. I think they said they're not going to do another Monster Hunter for another, like, five years or something. Yeah, probably they'll just keep coming out with big old expansions like this. I mean, definitely not another Monster Hunter World-type game for a while. Yeah, for sure. They have, they have like, different branches now. I mean, there's also Monster Hunter Stories, which is quite different in some ways. So they'll probably be pumping out more of that on, on the Switch. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably go what I like to dub the infinite module. So they come out with basically a base game and then they create expansions for it for like 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Monster Hunter World is an amazing game, I think. Yes. It is pretty good game. I love it. I like it a lot. Still need to get it for PC. I have it on the <laughs> PS4 and it... So far, I was too cheap to buy it a second time. Yeah, understandable. Iceborne's a pretty good expansion, though. It is. I, I have Iceborne. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. 
The only thing I don't like in Monster Hunter are those events that you can miss out on. Yeah, those are lame. I don't like those in any game, honestly. It just makes you feel bad. Especially if you were just busy for the week and just didn't have any t free time. Yeah, so. exactly. They've done a pretty good... I think the thing that they have done, though, sometimes like they'll do an event and then like it brings back past events, which is pretty cool. That's nice. I like when they do that. Still timed. You can you can miss it a second time. So. <laughs> yeah, true. But I mean, true. I do, I do like it's like you missed it, but then there's times where they bring it back, which is nice. And I've seen it multiple times where it's like there's like a new event, and it's like, oh hey, here's the previous events that you missed. Yeah, that is nice. I mean, it's it's not terrible, but it's less than ideal. I don't like it so much. I I wish there was, it was like endgame content where you can at a later point just unlock it. Yeah, that would be nice. Without without timed exclusivity. Well, it's like for the most part, though, it's like you don't get a whole lot from the timed events. I mean, there's... I mean, that's that's the... It's just cosmetics debate all over again, but I think cosmetics do make an impact because they change the way you view yourself and how you play it, so... I mean, I would have loved to... I, I think Dante from the, from the Devil May Cry franchise was part of... One of those timed events yeah so some of them yeah so i mean that's what i was gonna say yeah like there's a couple where it's like an actual thing that like if you missed it's like a big thing because yeah it's like yeah they had like dante like they even had like his sword and and stuff so, which i did eventually get um then they had like i think it's like Ezio's cloak so they have like an assassin's uh cloak which is cool um and the, the I haven't played for a while, but the most recent one I remember that they did, uh, they had the Resident Evil one that came out, which was pretty cool too. Mm, I can imagine. I did get the Ryu outfit from from Street Fighter, but uh, after that, I after I missed a couple of events because I just didn't have the time. I just gave up on it. Basically, I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna buy it on Steam eventually. So that I can play it with more people than I know, but um, yeah, I've basically pretty much given up on the timed events, which is a shame. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. Now, in the hardware world instead of the software world, we have the RTX 30 series announced by NVIDIA, which I am personally pumped about because I am going to be upgrading my PC in the next probably year or two. So I am really excited to be able to get a really, really good card. And yeah, just they, they're really powerful considering the price. I mean, I was afraid they were going to go the like 20 series where the RTX 2080 Ti was like $1,400. But you can actually get like a card that's 25% better than the uh, 2080 Ti for only like 700 now. So that's that's pretty good in terms of price to performance though once again i'm probably going to wait as i it seems like they have a few more additions in the wings at least from what i can tell from some of the leaks like they mentioned there was a like they only came out with the numbered versions they didn't come out with any like the ti's or supers and there's a rumor that uh, the TI, the 3070 Ti is going to come out at some point and have like 16 gigs of VRAM and be faster. So we're going to wait to see what they've all got completely on the table first. So, I mean, it sounds cool. But, I mean, 
Although I did just get, I mean, I got my graphics card. I say it was two years ago. So I have the 1080. So I think I'm set for now. Yeah, I can relate. Yeah. I just assembled my entire PC. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty good for people who have been, you know, waiting a bit, such as myself. My CPU chip is a little bit old at this point, and I would love. I can't wait until I can match that NVIDIA 30 uh, series GPU with a an AMD Zen, Zen 2 CPU. Well, to be fair, I had been waiting a long time to upgrade my PC. <laughs> was it like True, a, a yours very was big like, move for me? Yours was really old. Like, man, yours was even before the AMD FX series. Yeah, I had a Phenom 2. Oof. Yeah, that's... Wow. That's like over... Uh, yeah, that's a surprisingly long time. I could play Jedi Fallen Order with relatively low amounts of stuttering. Well, that's good. Yeah, I know that um, one of the biggest things that you can do to increase performance is probably just like get an SSD. Sometimes you don't even need that performance upgrade. Sometimes you just need a, a little extra tech in there to help speed things along yeah definitely especially since my hdd was um on the on the verge of broken it was slow even for hdd so the yeah. jump to ssd made a lot of difference yeah i can t i can bet yeah ssds are so much faster and i've gotten so much cheaper now thankfully man i remember a time when just like a 240 gig ssd was like 400 dollars when they were first catching on popularity and now I got my 240 for like $40. So probably not the most, the, the best in terms of performance, but hey, it gets the job done and that's all I can ask. So you already said that you were going to wait to see what else they have in terms of additions. But if you had to choose now, which one would it be? Uh, between what? Oh, the, the 3070, uh, the, the 3080 and the 3090. I'd probably go with the 3080. It seems like the best price to performance. Yeah. Same. The 3070, I don't know. It's like only a hundred dollars less for let like half performance hit, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. And the 3090, I mean, it's got all that VRAM, but it doesn't have a ton of extra CUDA cores or anything like that. Yeah, so but it, it costs more more than your end. Yeah, yeah, it costs like more than twice as much as the 3080s. So I think if the 3080 is currently that probably that gaming sweet spot that 90% of people who are looking to upgrade will upgrade to if they're going to buy it right away. Yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, it, it just doesn't. The other two cards in the series don't make a lot of sense to me. It, it, yeah. Uh, in sad gaming history, Vlambeer Game Studios. Uh, is gone. Uh, they have announced that they are uh, breaking up the band, so to speak, uh, which is sort of a shame considering they're quite famous for Nuclear Throne, a top-down twin-stick shooter roguelike, Aunt... which has... What? Aren't Flambia also the guys that made Luftrausers? Yes, they did. Though I'm sure a lot less people know about Luftrausers than Nuclear Throne. Well, fair enough. Uh, Nuclear Throne spawned so, uh, a whole genre that eventually gave us, like, Enter the Gungeon. So it is sad, a sad day in gaming history to to see them go. Yeah. And I think, I, I think they were founded exactly 10 years ago, right? 
Yes, they were. It was kind of really unfortunate news. People were hoping for like a new game announcement and they announce on their 10th year anniversary that they're just quitting uh, the studio. I mean, it's. Wow. I think they said they have other projects, uh, but yeah, Vlambeer is no more. Yeah, which that's is sad. Yeah. I think, doesn't Vlambeer mean flaming bear or something? I know that's their logo. It sounds like flaming bear, Vlambeer. Vlambeer. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a Dutch company, right? I think so, yeah. Maybe it means Flaming Bear yeah, in Dutch. Yeah. But in uh, slightly happier news, we got Rebel Galaxy Outlaw stop, uh, finally finishing up its Epic Game Store exclusivity. This is a game I think might have been a little bit hurt by the Epic Games Store exclusivity. As uh, like there are some games that when they came off the Epic Game Store, there was much hurrah, such as... Red Dead Redemption 2 but for this one I feel like it's more of a whimper I mean they made a lot of money with the epic deal so I'm glad for them because they can probably feed their families I just worry about the long-term effects for them as a studio because you know Rebel Galaxy 1 was already not super popular so Rebel Galaxy Outlaw being stuck on a smaller platform that most people don't care about I'm not sure it was great for their brand same thing has to be said to all games that come to Epic. Yeah, true enough. I mean, let me ask you this question. Did any of you know that Ancestors Humankind uh, Odyssey came to Steam last week? What? What? I did see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I did see it advertised on the storefront and I was mildly <laughs> surprised but didn't really care that much. Yes. Oh my the, god. <laughs> the Monkey really? Evolution game sort of had a very silent release on Steam that nobody really cared about. If so. I was the dev of that game, I would have made it silent as well. Yeah, Just honestly, throw it out there, well, maybe someone will buy. Not well received, especially considering he like cried at reviewers. He said they didn't actually play his game or something like that. I thought it game... was released on PlayStation and Xbox. That's it. I don't... Is it not? I mean, I thought it was just released on PlayStation and Xbox back then. Not oh, Epic. Okay. Yeah, it was on Epic Game Store and nobody cared about it. Yeah, so I remember there was controversy. He uh, was decrying reviewers saying they didn't uh, play his game because they were giving it sixes and... Yeah, basically uh, like... basically he was used to getting higher scores because he worked on some Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. That was one part of the issue. And then there was something about him calling out a particular reviewer who said something about riding horses. Which apparently was taken out of context, but he said there are no horses that you can mount in the game, so the, every reviewer who rated it poorly obviously didn't play the game. Yeah. Which is quite the jump. Yeah, definitely a pretty big jump, honestly, to uh, to go from one point to the next. Definitely one of those times where it's sort of like the Randy Pitchford effect. One yeah. of the, you should really, really let your PR people say stuff and not you when you're emotionally charged. <laughs> Otherwise, you're left with the Randy Pitchford effect. Yeah, or Breck. <laughs> or who? Breck. Who's Breck? Do you mean the game? No, I mean uh, J. Allen Breck. He was the guy who made the non-apology from from Blizzard. I don't. Uh, I don't. Have, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I don't In remember the conference. I, yeah, I don't. I, I I don't think that he's as popular. He's the he's the president of Blizzard. I didn't know that honestly. All he... I. The, like the main gaming guy who's got a lot of vitriol is probably you know Randy Pitchford, 
that everyone knows considering he's been doing it for like the last 15 years. He tried jerk. to apologize, but at the end he didn't. Yeah. And he, I mean, tried, just, he tried to make it seem like he was apologizing, but he didn't yeah. actually address any of the issues. He yeah, was like I mean, distracting people with new game announcements like, um, yeah, mistakes have been made, but he didn't address who made the mistakes. Something in that vein. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just company speak. And one big problem with company speak is that you can't say you're at fault for anything or else you can be sued for libel. So can't say no to China. Yeah, that certainly doesn't help either. So now a game that I'm really, really excited for is Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning coming out on September 8th. It is going to... Oh, yeah. I, I loved the game, like I said last time, uh, when I played it on Xbox, unfortunately, I bought it for PC and it didn't work. It just kept crashing every five minutes. So I'm really excited to have a chance to really play in depth because on Xbox, I, I don't know why I was just a dumb kid and I didn't play it a whole ton, especially because if, because I own it and I bought it for like five bucks on Steam a while ago. I get the game off for 60% baby. <laughs> so it's like 16 man, was, bucks. Man, it was for... cries in PS3. <laughs> <laughs> PC Master Race. See, if you bought it on PC, you wouldn't be sad. It's like $16 <laughs> for standard and 22 for the something edition with the new expansion. The uh, Fate Sworn edition or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 I think that I will probably pick up the Fate Sworn edition. Same. Uh, huge. Uh, huge game one that's really enjoyable and twenty dollars is sort of my sweet spot for like picking up a game at launch so it hit that with that discount so i'm like mm, that's a sweet ravioli that they've got there <laughs> so it's one of two games that i'm really looking forward to this uh this september the other one is uh baldur's gate 3 but there really hasn't been any new info on that one so just sort of an off topic mention Delayed. Oh, please, no. They played with my heart so much already. It looks so amazing. <laughs> Although, unlike Divinity Original Sin 2, which was $45 at early access release date, uh, uh, and I think I think it stayed around 50 or $45 even when it was released, but uh, Baldur's Gate will be 60 apparently, because it, it, it's going to be a much bigger game. And I trust Larian to do that. And honestly, Larian is one of the few studios I would person. I will probably buy it from at full price because they're amazing. They're competent. Wow, TFX. That feels like such an underhanded compliment. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> they're competent, I guess. Like, geez, man. It only feels I mean, that way because it is. I mean, after <laughs> talking about EA and Activision. Uh, well, that's true. It's, it's, it's not gray enough for him, so. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, but in my in my opinion, TFX, Larian is one of the great bastions of now double A gaming, alongside THQ Nordic. So, oh, that's fair to say. Step off, brother. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I just, I just, I just <laughs> want to point out that we're nearly through with the topics for this week. And uh, Tenebrio Waffle, you don't have to be shy. Oh, okay. If you're free to jump in or even be ridiculous, because I'm sure I'm leaving myself very open for uh, counterpoints slash backhanded compliments. <sighs> I, mean, 
I can try. Yes. Do your best. <laughs> we believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. Remember the cameras. Oh, we didn't go over the camera initiation. Never mind. Best you don't know about that anyway. It was mentioned on last week's podcast. So, <laughs> so if you listen to last week's podcast, you will understand that reference. <laughs> Exposed. Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> In an interesting twist of video gaming production, the Doom Eternal expansion pack will be standalone in that you don't need to own the base game to play it. Interesting. That's interesting. Well, yeah, it is certainly interesting, man. I, I remember a lot of those games uh, in the past, back in like the 2000s, there were a lot of those standalone expansion pack games. I was just honestly a little bit surprised considering Doom now has a plot. And I, I swear, yeah, if you had told me Doom would have a plot in 2020, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I would be... Doom 3 had a plot. It's, TFX, we don't talk about that. That's dirty lies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like the Avatar movie being a thing. The Avatar Last Airbender one. No, we don't talk about that one. Oof. So... It seems a little bit odd, honestly, because it's a continuation of the story. And it seems like you'd miss out a lot if you didn't play Doom Eternal. I mean, it so. seems like a very smart move because people might think that this expansion standalone is worth picking up more because it's probably going to be a bit cheaper. And when they play it, and longer. they're going to decide, well, I guess I'm going to have to pick up the original game now. I think they're both like 20 bucks a piece or 35 with the expansion pass so you with the expansion pass you'd be able to get to you'd be able to play uh the old gods part one and two i believe i see so technically if you just wanted to play the first one you could get that taste of doom and if you enjoyed it then you could potentially drop your 60 bucks although the game has been very cheap lately um it's really? gotten rel it's gotten relatively affordable, especially when they did that uh, QuakeCon sale. I actually picked it up because it was in a bundle with like two other games, and the bundle was like seventy five percent off, so right. or sixty percent off. So I'm looking right now. You can actually get the uh, the Doom Doom Two Final Doom and like two others for like fifteen right now. Yeah, those are a bit of the older ones, though. Those are the classics. No, Eternal is in that too, I think. If if we're is looking it? at the same, no, it's not. It's not the same thing. Oh, okay. There's a, I was gonna say Doom. There's a Doom franchise bundle, which has uh, Doom Three and Doom Forty Six and Doom Classic and Doom Eternal. You mean as Doom well. Sixty Four? Yeah. You said Doom Forty Six. Oh, I did. Sixty Four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a little confused at first. I was like, Doom 40... Is this a Doom? I've not heard of before. Wait, is this the 64? Okay. Doom 76, uh, it's the open world game. Doom. Yeah. 16 times the detail. Yeah. No, it, yeah. It, Bethesda all of a sudden loves the number 76. And uh, yeah, Doom 76. Uh, what is it? Uh, Skyrim 76. Uh, that would be, that would be the Elder Scrolls 76. <laughs> Yeah, oh, technically true. Uh, Dishonored seventy six, everything everything is seventy six now. But yeah, the it was it's really interesting because yeah, not a lot of games do that standalone thing anymore. So I thought that was a bit of an interesting, an interesting you know, thing to look at. Another, I mean, honestly, 
Nintendo just announced the Mario 3D Superstars collection or something like that. Um, and it's really weird because they're kind of calling them like a, a remake for the Switch. But Mario 64 looks exactly like it did 20 years ago. So it's not really a remake. It's more of just a port. So Kind of crude perfection. <laughs> uh, well, I mean... It was kind of weird, honestly, that they're bringing all of these older Mario games to the Switch. Like, I believe the four games are uh, Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, Mario Sunshine, and then Mario 3D Land for the 3DS, which they're actually making a new expansion pack for when they port it to Switch. Oh, wow. I know, it was kind of an odd move from them. They say it's available for a limited time until May 2021, I think. You can get the three games, not the 3D Land. Uh, you get Sunshine, 64, and Galaxy for like 60 bucks. Maybe they'll sell them separately. Maybe that's just like the bundle uh, time. You can buy them all together. But if you're looking for some good Mario platformer fun, probably, probably that one right there. Yeah, I mean, I think the only reason I... I'll pass on it is because I do have uh, the original Sunshine and Galaxy, and then I have the 64 version that, that they made for the 3DS, I believe it was. Yeah. It was either the regular DS or the 3DS, I don't remember what Oh, it was. you mean the Mario 64 remake? Actual remake? Yeah, that was on the DS. Yeah, yeah so I have that one. That one was kind of good, actually. So it's like, for me, I don't have a big reason to buy it since I do have, you know, I have them individually and I still have like the GameCube and whatnot. So it's like, I don't have a need to buy it for the Switch. Yeah, a lot of people fair. were hoping for like everyone had a Wii, but or even has a Wii, I have a Wii somewhere. Uh, but the GameCube was actually a pretty terrible selling console. So I think people were looking for a way to play Sunshine legally for a long time because of how unique it is as a Mario game or just a game in general. So perhaps this will be what everybody's wanted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, Sunshine, yeah, it is a really good game, so. I mean, yeah. the only reason I'm not picking it up is because I don't have a Switch. <laughs> but you have yeah, a yeah, PS4. Hmm. Yeah, I you have almost have everything. A See if they have a bundle with it. Switch in the Mario Remasters, or whatever I, they're calling I it. could definitely see that happening. Uh, to, be fair, cool. to be fair, there are there are games that I'm more interested in for the Switch than the Mario, the old Mario games. Smash Ultimate, so good. Yeah, definitely one of them. Yes. Plus Mario Maker, a lot of good games for the Switch. And unlike the PS4, you wouldn't have to potentially rebuy them on PC because they're not available on PC ever. So yeah. Oh, that, that actually reminds me of the other thing I did this week. I think it was this week. It was either this week or last week, and I forgot about it. Uh, but I finally got around, uh, beat the pa uh, Paper Mario um, Origami King. Oh, nice. How was that? I've heard middling results from that. Some people love it, some people hate it. I loved it. It was great. So I went back to the old Paper Mario formula, not sticker star and stuff. Well, so it was interesting because it kind of seemed like it was a mix. Where it's like, so it's like, you have to buy, so, well, you don't have, you can find them, but yeah, so it's like, you get, like, 
there's like the boots and then like the hammer that like so like the regular boot and regular hammer don't break but it's like the other ones like after a certain amount of uses they break and then you have to like find it again or, or go to the shop and buy it again interesting but it's like you it's not that big of an issue because it's like you get a lot of money so it's like money is not an issue in the game yeah, I know there were two main controversial choices, one of those being that there were no companions and uh, Nintendo saying that they weren't possible with the game engine that they made and also the fact that it uses sort of like a, a multi-layered Lazy Susan sort of gameplay mechanic. Yeah. With the whole yeah, turning so, things. Yeah, so it's like, there's like, really like, so it's like, there's like three points in the game that like you have a companion um, i don't think they're named though like one's just a bob-omb yeah one so well so yeah one's just a bob-omb and then later in the like near the end you get two more so i'm not gonna okay and then, they... and then they are named uh but okay since at, at the end i'm not gonna say anything yeah of course because yeah. i know that um like in thousand year door which is still considered the best paper mario like all of your companions were named like you've got that captain bob with the spinning boat wheel on his on his back instead of like a gear because he's more nautical themed i know my brother would argue that that it's not the best <laughs> which what does he think sticker star no my my brother loves um the one on uh i forget the name of it, but it's the one on the wii oh color splash no not with the cards or something um Oh, oh, the one where they made it like the 2D and then you could switch to 3D? Yeah. Oh, really? I, I mean, I don't even consider that a Paper Mario game, really. It's not even an RPG, it's a platformer. Yeah, it's like he's always bugging me to play that. It's like, I never finished <laughs> that one. But it's like, no. I, I only knew about a Legend of Zelda game, Link Between Worlds, where you can switch from 2D to 3D. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually pretty revolutionary for the time. Yeah, Paper Mario for the Wii uh, didn't sell very well because it wasn't actually Paper Mario that people wanted. But yeah, mm -hmm. it, it was it sort of innovated in terms of platforming with the whole switching between 2D and 3D mechanic. Did that? So it's did that come out before or after Link Between Worlds? Much before. Oh, I see. Link Between Worlds was 3DS. Yeah. Yeah. 3DS. Yeah. Which is much, which has been a, bit, a good couple of years. I see. Well, despite everything you just said, I never had a Wii or a Wii U. Are you even human? I mean, are you duh, actually a person? Duh, yeah. No one had a Wii. No one had a Wii U. There's a reason no one talks about the Wii U. But man, a Wii. Man, those things were like everywhere. You couldn't walk around the street without tripping over a Wii back in uh -huh. like 26, no, 2013 or something like that. Christmas time. Man. Well, never had one. Yeah, it's like, and there was even a the news. Yeah. There was even a news story where someone traded their, their infant for a Wii. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, there was. It actually happened. Yes, there was a news story. Um, someone traded their child for a Wii. This is back when the great scalping was happening, and Wiis on eBay were like two thousand dollars. So, oh my yeah. gosh, people be crazy. Yeah, I know. Like, my brother wanted the to get the 
uh, the Wii U because of Pikmin 3, but at the same time, it's like, we're not going to get a console just for one game, yep. so we never get Thank it. goodness you did not. Also, we, Pikmin 3 is coming to the Switch anyway, so... Yeah. I mean, the one game I would play the hell out of if I had a Wii, which I did play emulated a little bit, which I didn't say, um, is The Last Story. Such an amazing game. I don't think I've ever have heard of that one. Seems like it went under the radar. Yeah, probably. But it's a very amazing looking, great um, action RPG, I guess you could say. Um, which looks a bit Final Fantasy, but isn't. And I was going to say, yeah, it does look like that. And it's, it's really amazing. It has great soundtrack, good characters. It reminds me a lot of that Bravely Default series that came out on the 3DS. Maybe maybe it's the same developer. Well, it does have a bit more realistic art style, a little bit. But yeah, yeah. similar vein. Very true. Yeah, no, they didn't they didn't make uh, Bravely Default. It's just like that similar storybook looking uh, sort of Japanese art style that they go for with the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Alright, so, next up is a game that we'll be releasing. I don't think we'll have a lot to say about it. Uh, it's Diabotical. It's, I mean, got a great name, but basically everybody's a spherical ball robot that shoots each other, and it's trying to recapture the beauty of, like, Quake 3 Arena and Unreal Tournament in their heyday when everyone was playing it at the beginning of the internet, at the beginning of the dark times. And it only releases on Epic Game Store. I mean, of course, yes, but it's interesting. I'm curious to see how well it does. Competitive shooters haven't really been a thing for a decade at this point. Sort of one of those fads that eventually sort of died. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, just looking at pictures of the game, I gotta say I'd rather play Goat of Duty. Goat of Duty is actually a good game. Don't don't diss Goat of Duty. No, I I was serious. I don't think I've ever heard. Yeah, of it's that. it's actually yeah. Goat of Duty was is actually a pretty good game. So, plus you get to be a goat, which is always always better. It makes the game about ten times better. Goats with guns. Yeah, it's like it's like if Goat Simulator and Unreal Tournament procreated. Definitely. Which I mean, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a perfect combination. It's goats and guns. What more can a man want from life? Pretty much. Explosions as well. It's like America in a nutshell. Except make the go to... <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, another game that actually had a true remake uh, is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which was sort of combined. It got an 87 average review score and did very well for itself, which I'm kind of glad for because I played some of the Tony Hawk games and I loved them as a kid, so I'm glad to see that we're yeah, starting to see them starting to see them again getting and, uh, getting flashbacks of collecting the the letter of tapes <laughs> yes yes uh yeah plus like just pulling off those trick combos and your bottom of your screen like the bottom half of your screen starts becoming unreadable as you hit off crazy combos with all the words on it yeah man those were the best so I am happy that it is on PC and that other people will be able to enjoy it in the future. Yeah, and I hear that the remake includes Jack Black as a guest character, basically. Which makes sense considering on his Jablinski games, he at one point meets up with Tony Hawk 
shortly after he um, builds his half pipe in the, his backyard. So that's that's pretty cool. Unfortunately, the game is Epic exclusive, so maybe we'll get it on Steam at some point, hopefully. But yeah, right now you can only get it on Epic. So sadness, whatever. Feels like we'll just... feels like we have to add that to every every second game at least we talk about these days. Yeah, it's I I I read a comment which I thought was funny. Uh, and it said, I can't wait to see it, see it actually come to PC in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, yeah, no one really considers the Epic Game Store to be an actually PC game store. Everyone just kind of ignores it, except for the free games every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, and, I did use the store before it became a game store because of some Unreal Engine assets. And yeah, same. I didn't hate it back then, but yeah, with the whole exclusivity deals and now the whole Apple affair, I don't respect them anymore. <laughs> no, this Apple thing. Like, I didn't like their exclusives, but I mean, I liked their games, so I still had some respect for them. But yeah, now their petulant whining is getting very annoying. And honestly, it's like, yo, you broke the rules. Uh, bye bye. Stop crying. I, mean, I played. It. I played the Fort, I played Fortnite when it was only PVE without the whole battle yeah. royale thing. It was a good game. Oh yeah, Back. that was a thing. I forgot. Yeah, yeah I love that. The, in the before times of Fortnite, yeah, Fortnite was not actually a battle royale at first. Yeah, it was a survival RPG game. Funnily enough, that they eventually just abandoned. Feels bad, man, for the people who bought it, like TFX. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, nah, nah. It was like I think it was this early act, close alpha or something. Oh, okay, that's good. I was afraid you're one of the poor people who have bought it and actually hoped for a game that nah, you I'm spent not, your money on. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go for now, guys. Oh uh, well, thank you for being a special guest. We love to have you. Yeah, great having you, Waffle. Yeah, feel free to join again. Alrighty, I shall do that. See you later, everybody. See ya. Bye. Take care. Yeah. Bye. I know last week we mentioned that we couldn't cover all of Gamescom, so this week we're covering Gamescom some more. War Mongrels was recently announced, looking to take the place of Commandos that is currently being, I would say, perfectly taken up by Shogun and Desperados 3, made by Mimi Games. Yeah, I agree. So I, I hope so, because I really like those kinds of top-down real-time tactics games with like all kinds of different abilities on characters one of the reasons i sort of disliked dog duty one of the review games i'm playing that will probably be getting a negative review but uh it's it's always so much fun when you have all these crazy abilities that just eventually come together into some crazy combos like i love the desperados 3 ability when you get the witch doctor lady who can link two enemies together and then you just like shoot one and this guy up on a roof just flops over. It just feels so empowering <laughs> for strategies. Yeah, it's so much fun, man. It's so much fun. I think it releases 2021 though, which is a shame. I mean, I mean, it's kind of understandable. 
you know, with the whole situation of the world and it, yeah, of course, Gamescom technically being a games conference where things are like announced, like it makes sense. Like E3 is generally like the place where things are like like released. Like here's the GS, you're gonna have it in your hands this Christmas. But uh, you know, Gamescom and has always sort of been more like the here's a cool game, we'll get to you eventually. <laughs> but yeah, War Mongrels looks really cool. Um. I thought it was really interesting that they're looking to ac accurately portray the Holocaust, which is when it's set in sort of inglorious bastard style. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it'll just be, it, it looks like an interesting game that I hope turns out great because I love the genre. Yeah, it looks really good. And Mimi Games can't be the only one keeping it alive. I love Mimi Games, but we need more. And apparently, what was it? Peaky Blinders Mastermind is not a worthy uh, genre addition, so. We have to wait for Empire of Sin. Man, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Wait, isn't that more of an XCOM game instead of like a real-time tactics game? Uh, I don't know, actually. But I'm just looking forward to it, because yeah, it was made by it was made by the guy who made Doom, I think. Not sure. Jo I was going to say John Romero, or uh, John... Yeah, John Romero. Oh, okay. Weird that John Romero is working on... I think it's a turn-based strategy. Weird that John Romero is working on a, a turn-based strategy. I guess he got... Oh, no, he wanted... his wife. His wife. Is oh, on. really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know his wife made games. Plot twist. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't want his name associated with it, considering the last game that he made was Daikatana. We saw how much of a utter failure that was. Yeah, the developers are Romero games. Oh, okay. Well, I'm hopeful. It looks really good from the trailers I've seen, but I did not know that, and now I'm a little worried. So, yeah. <laughs> Plus, I love I like TFX. Your continual love of gray games. It's the, mafia. Uh, come on. <laughs> oh, I'm dude. It, like the key art is them under a streetlight in the rain, like. How much more gray can you get? It's pretty gray, man. You mean great. Ah, uh, I see. Now I know why you play all those gray games, because they're gray. Exactly. Oh, man. Okay. Oof. Dad puns. <laughs> uh, an interesting colony sim is called Paraspera. I don't remember which studio mentioned this particular game, but the point of the game is that uh, it's laid out like a grid, and it's sort of in the vein of you gotta get like the wheat to the factory to make the flour to make the bread in the next factory to supply it to the city, except this one's set on an entire planet. So that's an interesting mechanic. So a simulation game, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a city builder, except you're not building on a stereotypical plot of flat land. It's a round planet divided up into hexagons. Oh, I see. I can see yes. it being released as an early access. I hope not, man. I'm cogging. Like, I love supporting indie developers with great ideas. Man, am I tired of early access. Like, please, sure. please, like when AAA developers are starting to do it, like, please just make me games again that I don't have to like hope actually turns into something. Just please give me a game I can buy. 
and play the entire thing. It's getting ridiculous at this point. Yeah, so, true. Goner 2, uh, a little roguelike. It's a sequel of Goner, which was in a Humble Monthly Bundle at one point. It, Long it's time like an, ago. It, yeah, it's like an okay 2D action platformer roguelike. Yeah, definitely not the best once. one, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely decent. not the best. It's, it's definitely not on Spelunky levels, that's for sure. Yeah, it's decent. But, uh, it has a cool uh, yeah. art style. Definitely true. Definitely true. Yeah, it's, it's it really reminds me of like the Dia de los Muertos Mexican, uh, you know, style paintings with the very colorful skulls with many little designs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah I can see unique. that. Yeah, and another action platformer roguelike, and we just mentioned its predecessor is Spelunky 2. It's just announced to be coming out on September 29th. I am excited to see where that goes. I was a little bit worried because it looks like it's rather similar to the first game, with a couple new things. I'm hoping there's a lot new, a lot of new items and mechanics because Rogue Legacy did something similar. And it just didn't add enough, like new new mechanics to it, and it sort of was panned because of it. Guess we'll find out soon. Uh, yeah, definitely so. Although I'm I'm certainly hopeful. We did mention that last week, didn't we? Sounds, yes, sounds... but we didn't have a re- we didn't have a release date. Now yeah, we have a release exactly. Date, which is again September 29th on Steam. At least it comes out the fifteenth on PS4, and uh, oh. I just wanted to mention something I sort of skipped over before by accident. Uh, the Children of Morta Paws and Claws DLC has since raised $50,000 for the animal charity that the money was going to. That's amazing. Which is awesome. You know, 11-Bit Studio is like one of the... It's like an insta-buy insta for me. Yeah, they do. Have, they make great base games and terrible expansion packs for the most part. They usually do charity DLCs too. Yeah, the charity DLCs are usually worth it. Usually comes with something small and meaningful, like the the little ones in this war of mine. But their bigger expansion packs are generally worthless. So, which is sort of unfortunate. But their base games are absolutely gold. I mean, there have been some free content updates to Children of Morta before, which were all pretty good, which added new characters and new story chapters. So. I was more thinking of the Frostpunk expansion packs yeah. and the This War of Mine expansion packs. They're two biggest games, I would say. I mean, Children of Morta was certainly big, but This War of Mine and uh, Frostpunk were, were pretty huge there for a little while. Yeah, definitely. And both of them, This War of Mine. It's like yeah, definitely game. that one. Both of them have expansion packs that are very disappointing. Uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, This War of Mine, the first DLC is good. The rest are just meh. Yeah, unfortunate. And despite all that, this war of mine made it on what was it? Polish reading lists for schools. Yes, that yeah, it's on the it's a required reading in Polish schools, which is amazing. It is honestly pretty amazing. I think that might be one of the first games to do that. I think there might have been a couple before that one, but yeah, it's continuing the trend of games as an art form slash educational tool because of its storytelling and mechanics because a a story is great in a book but it's so hard to get invested in characters sometimes because you're like an onlooker like you're a lot of the times books give you that deity viewpoint 
where you you know know exactly what everyone's thinking or feeling or you know doing but you know like video games often play instead as someone so you really get that better emotional connection when like a, a character dies or something well yeah, i mean that not... that does depend on the on the book you're reading because there there's such a huge range of different p possible perspectives i mean that's certainly true i was just strictly saying that the uh you can't really interact with a character in a book the same way you can as one in a video game yeah that's fair so i i i sort of feel that you could probably get a better emotional connection to a character in a video game that you've spent a lot of time leveling up and you know hearing their inner thoughts instead of a book character but time will tell the games are technically still relatively new i mean books have been around for like 20,000 years so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and video games have been around for like three decades so only yeah only time will tell what what video games turn into though that's no uh no dig at books i love books too so well there's, me a, there's a reason why they've been around for so long it's true because they're awesome uh the next topic we got a little bit off on the tangent green hell the spirits of amazonia was just released as a person who just mentioned playing with green hell what did you think manos yeah i'm looking forward to it i mean it's a free expansion that adds to both the story and the multiplayer i think and um as someone who played the story i know that the spirits of amazonia is actually the title of the book the main character wrote about the area so that's pretty amazing is the yes. story as good as the forest i can't judge that because i haven't played the forest yet or at least not enough just uh, head of the good yeah well perfect if you want more story then you're gonna get it for free if you own the game green hell the spirits of amazonia what did did it have a release date i don't remember a release date uh, i don't know that sure. either yeah but stay on the lookout for that also uh green hells is has discount 25 percent discount if you're interested yeah it and even if it even if you don't get it on discount it's like only 20 dollars, so you'll probably get your money's worth i think it's like about a 20 hour game yeah and 25 dollars okay yeah my my typical well 20 25 us dollars 21 euros interestingly enough Ooh, good conversions actually um in terms of currency conversion but uh yeah it's it's actually relatively affordable because i just personally I like to get about an uh, an hour a dollar I spend like I, it's not a hard rule because some amazing experiences um you know are worth the money but yeah I like to get like at least a dollar per hour of enjoyment and uh I think Green Hell sort of has that so it's a, it's a good price yeah. yeah so far I've played a little bit more than one hour per dollar spent basically um and if you're really thorough with exploring the entire map and if you're basically hunting for achievements if you're a completionist then you're looking at a lot more at least 32 hours well from what i've read yeah which is a good thing i mean like i said not a hard rule but uh, and then there's just... then there's also challenges and the survival mode where you don't have to oh, bother with the story yeah. but can just explore the entire map for yourself and then there's also a co-op mode which has yeah um 
individual save files so your story progress doesn't carry over or your survival progress so if you're starting as a, a co-op game you start fresh well that's good i like that otherwise the other person feels sort of left behind in terms of progress yeah. but yeah so that's sort of why i'm looking forward to kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning the game is like 120 hours long and for like 20 bucks man geez great great value right there definitely now the next one is a little bit different i guess it's still an, uh from a first person perspective ghost runner it was like a, it looked sort of like a sci-fi uh what's that game that thq nordic uh no devolver publishes shadow warrior so remember reminded me of like an, a sci-fi fps shadow warrior when does it release I have no idea, honestly. A lot of these games, I, for some reason, just completely blanked out on the release date. Uh, I think it wasn't anytime close. I'm going to look it up right this moment. It is a general release date of this year, so sometime this year. But it looked really cool. Uh, I really like the aesthetics because I'm a big fan of sci-fi and like cyberpunk, so more yes. of that is always good. Yeah, true. Plus the environments look really, really cool, and sort and of the, like it's a speedrunning game too. <laughs> oh no, not a speedrunning game. Watch TFX, you'll get. Plus it's got like parkour and stuff, so that's always fun. Don't have enough parkour games. So another and one and a half hours of fun for TFX. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, yeah TFX will get one and a half hours from it, unfortunately, because he's he's got the innate unknown skill of absolutely speedrunning everything. I mean, I didn't mention it before, but. The reason I speedrun Code Vein is because I skip all the story contents. Like oh yeah, you, you mentioned that you skipped like all the cutscenes, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why it didn't take me as long as the average. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, another another small game was 8-Bit Adventures 2. If you enjoyed Dragon Quest, this is basically an indie version of that. So, be on the lookout. There was also... Uh, Call of the Sea, which was uh, an adventure mystery game walking simulator. Haven't heard of uh, that one. Yeah, it was. It sort of flew under the radar. It was like the trailer was not very well made, in my opinion. It didn't really explain what the heck the game was, except for an, an occasional walking moment. Uh, Paradise Killer. Paradise Killer is a very interesting game. The characters are all really crazily designed, and it's like an open world. Uh, mystery solving game it's like the players a uh, a detective and you come to this like resort town with crazy characters or something like that and it's it's actually out now and it's got like an 80 percent on steam and so if you're looking for like a mystery story based game it looks pretty cool from the screenshots i'm seeing right now it looks a bit like a visual novel is there is that just the cutscenes? Yeah. Yeah, from, what, from what I can tell, the way the game is played is if you're talking to characters, it t plays like a visual novel. But then you can walk around in like first person mode and like do the whole clue finding thingy. Oh, I see. Detectives do so. I have to say so, that the character designs look very interesting. Yeah, that's that's what I had. To, that's the first thing that popped out to me is they all look really eccentric and crazy. Especially that one, that that red skeleton with a horn. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly certainly going to be uh, 
a memorable experience, I think, just because of the characters, for sure. So it's basically from from in terms of story, it's a bit like Cluedo. Yeah, yeah, seems like it. Yeah. I see. Uh, next up would be Hover Grease. I I wasn't sure what kind of game it was. It's like violent, but I can definitely tell what sort of audience they're looking for based upon the hypersexualized animal humanoid characters, um, and then that they were showing off extensively. Is it on Steam? Uh, Hover Grease? I think it's coming to Steam, but it was not released yet. Yeah, I was just From, looking for it. It's like a... a also, I, I don't know how good it's going to be. It's like a top-down 5v5 online shooter. but it, like It's like one of those twin-stick shooters we sort of mentioned before, like Nuclear Throne, except as a, a versus multiplayer game, yeah. team-based. I don't know. That just doesn't sound appealing to me. Exactly. The character designs look interesting enough. It looks like that zoom like in the frog. Video. Frog. Yeah. Yellow-headed frog. It's cool. I like the frog. Yeah. But, yeah, but competitive. Yeah. Not that appealing. It's to honestly me. really weird. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, Lab Rat was sort of a sliding puzzle game. Or a sliding piece puzzle game. I'm not a huge fan of those. But I guess they're they're they can be fun. I know uh, our wonderful reviewer Bun uh, reviewed something like that. It was like the Evil Lab or something like that. It's the Evil something I know. Uh, but yeah, the sli the sliding puzzles don't seem that popular anymore. But the 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 visuals look really interesting in that they're pretty like they're like pixel art, but they're also like sci-fi craziness so yeah it looked it looks okay if you like puzzles specifically sliding puzzles but it's not my cup of tea personally yeah same How? i i think there was also this time where steam was oversaturated with them like every time i opened the yeah. door, at least one or two of the main suggestions uh, that slided through at the top were sliding puzzles despite me never playing one so um i despite never having had to buy one or anything like that i was very tired and sick of them very quickly so i honestly think the the game's name was a poor choice because just for when i was searching for images for it for for the people who like to watch the video um <laughs> version of the podcast shout out to our youtube channel um i noticed that there were a lot of other things called the lab rat including a Disney television kids show and all uh, books and all kinds of other media. So I don't know if they picked the best choice in terms of and, marketing. And actual lab rats, I would assume. Yeah, actually, there was a page about lab rats. So not sure if they picked the right name in terms of marketing, but hey, they've made their bed. Now they have to lie in it. So yeah, Hotshot Racing looked not good. It's an arcade racer, except it looked way underpolished, and there didn't really look to be a lot going for it. It it reminds me of like one of those good old like good arcade like actual arcade racers where you sat on the bike and leaned, except this seems to have less stuff and doesn't have the cool gimmick of actually leaning on the bicycle, on the motorbike. So yeah, I, I am, I'm worried about that. Yeah, sounds like it's not very engaging. Doesn't look like it. I I honestly kind of clicked off the trailer 
about a minute of the way in because I, it just was constantly the same thing. I mean, it was he was racing, but it was like all the same kind of backgrounds and there wasn't a whole lot to look at, honestly. <laughs> it wasn't like you had to shift gears or anything like that. No, it was like a car driving on a seemingly endless road because of how the arcade graphics it's based on used to look. So yeah. not very visually appealing, at least. And, uh, and the last topic for the day would be the Astronauts trailer. It's made by the same developer who made a similar roguelike, except this particular one was t more turn-based. There wasn't any like real-time moving around like Astronauts had, but... Astronauts looks pretty cool. Unfortunately, it does look really, really sort of slow in terms of moving. Oh, uh, by the way, the other game by this developer was named uh, Neo Scavenger by Blue Bottle Games. And I mean, that was a really, really tough as nails roguelike that was really enjoyable. Um, the wonderful video essay slash reviewer uh, Seth on YouTube made a video about it, so definitely check that out too. But uh, I was pretty excited because it looks really cool. They took it more to space, and you're on like a derelict ship, and you're trying to like get pieces together so you can rebuild an escape pod, so you can you know get a get Sounds onto a yeah get on a working ship. It sort of reminds me of Alien because there are all kinds of cosmic horrors on yeah. the ship. But it looks really neat, and I'm I'm really hopeful for it. There are a lot of these games that uh, it's sort of why I really like that summer game festival that we had, where like 200 games had demos. I just think a demo is a lot better of a way to determine whether or not a game could potentially be good or bad. Yeah, than, and I'm than very a trailer. Happy, and I'm very happy that demos seem to be having a resurgence recently. Yeah. I mean, there have been games where I've watched the demo, where I've, not the demo, where I've watched the trailer and been like, ew. And then I played the game and was like, oh, that's pretty amazing. Like, from a bundle. Like, like Spelunky at first. I, I, I was like, ugh, what is this weird, like, cave game? And then I played Spelunky and I was like, oh man, this is pretty fun. So, I, I, yeah, trailers don't always give justice. And I am looking forward to the Steam Games Festival uh, Fall Edition in... Uh, I think it was the Steam Fall Games Festival in October, where we're going to have another round of fun demos to play. Yeah, I think it's the 24th. Not sure. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that either, but I think that'll be pretty awesome. So that has been our show. I want to thank everyone for being here. Thank you, Menos, for being with us this wonderful weekend. As always, happy to be here. Thank you, Tenebrio. I know it was a bit of a last-minute special guest appearance, but thank you very much for being here with us. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, TFX. Uh, never change. Enjoy your great games, and thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure. And AI, uh, thank you for being here with us. Good being here. Uh, that has been Devils in the Podcast. We are the Devils. Please rate us on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, or we're pretty much on a lot of the m most popular podcast places to rate. So definitely take a look. Also, don't be afraid to subscribe because there's other great content like this one every week. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter at DITD underscore reviews on Twitter, as I just mentioned. Uh, if you have any thoughts on any topics, feel free to either tweet us. You can find our email in our link tree found in the description of every podcast episode after like the fourth one. And also you can leave us a voice message on anchor.fm. Finally, this has been a production of the Steam Curator Group and Discord Group uh, Devils in the Detail. Our Discord invite link is discord.com forward slash invite forward slash capital M C capital G P X C capital U. And if you wish to support us, our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash D I T D. Since you brought up Patreon, a uh, big shout out to everyone who's already supporting us. One of which would be today's guest, Tenebrio. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenebrio. Thanks also to our wonderful Miss Cookies and other people who I I guess I first have to ask in which way they want to be shouted out with their real name or not. So, yeah. Well, we can just shout them out with their, like, handle name, uh, Ninja. And also, I believe, Urgalier, Urgalier, Urgila, Urgila, some whatever his name is. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember ever what his name is. But yes, they're all wonderful Patreon subscribers. Uh, they really help make all this possible. Uh, and you can get some funny outtakes and great extra content behind the scenes if you subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, that has been our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And until we are summoned again. to tell it's 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 just good